Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to Dungeons & Dragons. It's me, your narrator today, Russ Moore, here to bring you a recap from episodes 31 to 55 of Dungeons & Dragons. I'm sorry this has taken so long to come out, but, well, I got lazy. Sorry. We'll be back on track after this one, I promise. As you can probably figure out, there are spoilers ahead, so if this is your first episode, or you don't just want to hear the meat of the episodes touching on the major plot points in each episode, then I suggest you go back and listen to the episodes in order, or make sure you at least listen to the previous two recaps that will get you caught up to episode 30. But if your goal is to have a quick refresher, or just get caught up so you can listen in real time, then this is the place for you. Real quick, here's the basics about us. You can find us by clicking over to dumbdragons.com. There you can find all of our social media links, fan art gallery, Patreon info, and when we have contests going on. You'll find it all over there. On Facebook, we have a page and a group, which you can find at facebook.com slash dumbdragonpodcast. Sign up for both. We'd love to see you over there. The page is for announcements, and the group is for community and chat. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at DumbDragonCast, and you can also email us at DumbDragonPodcast at gmail.com. Okay, who's ready for the story time? Let's do this. Flint, Thea, and Nulara had just left the council at Waterdeep, heading out to the Misty Forest to investigate dragon attacks, potentially tied to the Cult of the Dragon. As they head off in their airship and get on their way, the team encounters a batch of fog, and as Grancis tells them to keep an eye out, the ship is attacked by a black dragon and a band of cultists, bringing the airship crashing down. All the adventurers, with the exception of Grancis, survive the crash. Battle breaks out with these members of the Cult of the Dragon and hired Yugoloth assassins as the adult black dragon circles overhead. Over the hill, a man in heavy dragon armor calls out to the cultists, requesting they leave the adventurers alone. However, when they do not, a plate-armored blue dragon comes over the hill, and the rider and dragon aid the adventurers. An intense battle ensues. They manage to drive off the black dragon, but many of their kind are placed in harm's way until one final motion from Grancis comes. As he rises from the deck of the ship and emits an enormous lightning blast towards all of the cultists and Yugoloths, killing them all. Grancis's body vanishes, and his robes fall back to the ship. In the ashes and rubble, Flint, Thea, Nulara, and Thaddeus go to meet their new friend Sir Ligart Willoughby of the Knights of Bahamut, 
who sends his blue dragon, my friend, off to follow the black dragon to see if he can find where he has traveled to. Upon his return, my friend tells them that the black dragon flew to Thay, but did not see who or what part of the city he landed in, or may have met with. Parting ways with Sir Ligart, the team sets off to the Misty Forest. On the outskirts of the Misty Forest, Flint, Thea, Nulara, and Thaddeus set up camp before heading along the trail to rest and remember Grances. Thaddeus finds the Grungs, who Grances had shrunk even smaller and placed in a self-contained biodome with an expiration of six months. Around the campfire, they tell stories of their time with Grances. Thaddeus tells them of a time when he was adventuring with him and their original group. When Thaddeus, Grances, and their crew were on a mission sent to take out a group of orcs and bugbears, Grances cast Lightning Bolt, the same spell that saved their lives this time, but under the stresses of the battle, targeted everyone in the battle, the orcs and bugbears, but also killed everyone on their team, excluding Grances and Thaddeus. A ghostly figure of Grances appears over the campfire, who tells them that Thaddeus needs to be with the group right now, and to not tell him that a ghostly apparition is following them around, but that he would be with them when they need him before disappearing into the night. Everyone wakes up in the morning, ready to head into the misty forest, but find they're being followed by a pair of Hibsil, Will and Kel, creatures from the Feywild, who ask them for help in taking care of a problem. They tell the adventurers that there is a Seatel named Avon, who has been closing off the gates to the Feywild and preventing them from passing what should be a free-to-pass area, claiming the magic of the Feywild for herself. Agreeing to help, for a payment of a Hibsilanter and directions through the nearest elven settlement of Alton, they lead Flint, Thea, Nulara, and Thaddeus to Avon, and the team battles with her and her two redcaps, ultimately winning in releasing the absorbed fey energy back into the world, opening the pathways to and from the fey. Honest to their word, Will and Kel lead the group to Alton, then give Thea a Hibsilanter before disappearing, leaving them with a bout of amnesia regarding the events that had just taken place. Having arrived in Altund, the adventurers hope to meet up with Delane Winterhound of the Emerald Enclave, as they have not seen him since they left Waterdeep. The team asks around Altund and find that the town's warden, Galen, as it is told, saved the town from an attack by the cultists and a green dragon. When they meet with Galen, he's a nervous man, mourning the loss of his wife, who was killed in the attack. During their initial interactions, they meet Galen's assistant, a once pirate goblin, now paper-pushing assistant named Flamikins, who tells the group in private that Galen has been going off into the night to meet with someone and being very secretive of his motives. When pushed on the matter, Galen denies everything, but Thaddeus casts Zone of Truth and reveals that he has been meeting with the Green Dragon Rider, but has no knowledge of his name or his allegiance just that he has been told to provide information on other elven towns and settlements in the area, in trade for the safety of his own. He reveals details about his encounters that lead the adventurers to believe he and the dragon might be hiding in a lair in a nearby waterfall. The town hears this information and panics, deciding to leave and head for Silvery Moon, while the adventurers get directions to the potential lair for the green dragon and hopefully the cultist Narenvain. Finding their way through the misty forest is difficult and dangerous. The adventurers get caught up in some etter caps and spiders webs before making it to the waterfall they had set out for alongside Thaddeus and Flamikins, 
a tag-along trying to get back to the coast to find a new ship to board. At the base of the waterfall, the group meet up with Laska, Delane Winterhound's animal companion, who says that Delane has been captive and is inside the lair. They decide to wait until the Green Dragon and Ryder leave before heading into the Dragon's Lair. Once inside, they find a group of captive elves guarded by a trio of Ettons, along with a beaten-up Delane Winterhound. The team convinces the prisoners to cause a distraction so they can sneak further into the cave to try to surmise the true identity of the Dragon Rider. Making their way back into a lavishly decorated room, Flint, Thea, and Nulara find writings from the Rider, proving his identity to be Nerenvain, son of King Melandrich of Silvery Moon, and his dragon, Kuth, when the dragon and Nerenvain return, signaled by the sounds of roars and frantic screams from the main entry to the cave. Easily battling off Nerenvain's cultist henchmen, the adventurers find themselves in the belly of the beast, Kuth's horde. As Kuth and Nerenvain enter the hidden underwater passageway, battle begins, and it's a more difficult battle than the generally fearless heroes could have imagined. They take huge hits, to the point where Nulara is knocked unconscious. The team hits Nerenvain hard enough that he calls for a retreat, but not before telling the team that the pieces are in place and Tiamat will rise despite their best efforts. Having driven off the dragon and cult leader Nerenvain, the group lo- the group loots the dragon's horde and makes their way out, needing to dispatch of the Ettons that they left brawling on their way through the cave. They are greeted and saved by the Guild of the Nine Shadows train as it magically appears through the waterfall conducted by Danson, who was sent to bring Thea, Flint, and Nulara back to the Guild for a quick visit. Delane, Winterhound, and Laska say they will return to Waterdeep, while the team ask Danson if they can swing by Alton to see if everyone had made it out safe, and that Nerenvain and the dragon, Kuth, didn't think to get revenge on the elves there, who, they find, had in fact abandoned the town and headed towards Silvery Moon. Returning to the guild, Flint, Thea, and Nulara meet up with their good friend Ozark, who sets them up with some cool new gadgets, which is the highlight of their trip. The controller of the realm, Salazar, is away on official business, but the team is briefed by next-in-command Reginald Thermopolis that they are essentially operating outside the guild's control and no more support, as small as it might have been, would be offered in their battle against the cult in Faerun. While at the guild, it is revealed to the adventurers that there are alternate and parallel worlds where there are true-form doppelgangers of each living person, a fact that was made evidently clear by Thea's meeting of Mia Thomastasia her doppelganger from another of these worlds. After having restocked and given a hearty salute, Danson returns the team by train to Faerun and drops them off at the base of the Nether Mountains, where they are supposed to meet with the Council of Metallic Dragons. Their meeting starts rough. Flint, Thea, Nulara, Thaddeus, and Flamekins are forced to explain to the Council of Five Dragons why they should join forces in this fight to stop the Cult of the Dragon. They are forced to make promises for their races, Flint is told he must return the skin of a silver dragon, Otorelia Carnos's kin, which was made into armor for a dwarven king of Mithra Hall to gain her support. Thea is told to proffer an apology from King Melandrich for the Dracorge Mytho, a period of time when elven high mages cursed an area, causing all dragon and dragon-blooded creatures to become little more than raging beasts. If their demands were met, they would be offered full support from the metallic dragons in the humanoid's fight against the cult of the dragon and the rise of Tiamat. After their meeting, they are given a band of rocks to fly back to Waterdeep to address the council and meet these demands. 
The adventurers arrive back in Waterdeep after several days' travel and arrive at night, so they decide to take a moment for themselves and hit up the local Yawning Portal Tavern, where they meet a new friend and ally in Grug Dangersong, a half-orc bard who sings of the adventurers and their battles and triumphs across Faerun. He tells them that there are militia and bands of resistances forming within the region fighting back against the cult of the dragon, some with success, others in failure, but trying nonetheless to stand up for the image of hope that Flint, Thea, and Nulara have brought to Faerun. Through a night of discussion, the group comes to find that pages from the Council of Waterdeep have been found in suspicious repeated murder-suicides, which, along with Grug and Flamikins, lead the team on a mission through Waterdeep to track down a succubus who has been charming members of the Council to gain information from them to inform the cult of the Alliance's movements. This could be thought by them to explain how the cult of the dragon has remained a step ahead of the adventurers at each turn. Then again, it could just be a coincidence. Having recently leveled up, the adventurers pull out some new toys against the new foes and drive off the succubus back to her domain, following up with a night of partying with Grug at the Yawning Portal. The adventurers make it back to the council at Waterdeep the next day and inform them of Naren Vane's allegiance to the Cult of the Dragon, that they had driven him off along with the Dragon Kuth. They also, despite some small disagreement, convince the council to make good on the Metallic Dragon's demands to ensure their help and protection in the fight against the Cult of the Dragon. The council has a distinct shift in mentality from the previous meeting, where before they were very standoffish and untrusting of the adventurers' decisions, today they seem very willing to give in to the suggestions of Flint, Thea, and Nulara, who have now proved themselves to be worthy combatants in the fight against the cult. The council is interrupted by a squire who brings word that a cult defector, Iskander, is in possession of the Blue Dragon Mask, a prized and much-needed piece of the puzzle for the cult but requires saving from Zonthal's Tower, a known difficult location to enter and leave due to old magics from the deceased wizard Zonthal himself. The council also gives word that the Red Wizards of Thay have come forward and claim that the Thay wizards that the Cult of the Dragon is working with are defectors and have no stake in Thay itself. But if the adventurers would attend a meeting in Thay, they may be able to arrange assistance from the true wizards of Thay in their battle, which surely as is told by the wizards, they will lose without their assistance. Deciding to head to Zonthal's tower first, the group goes to interrogate Faram, the dwarven ex-cult leader, about his knowledge of Zonthal's tower and what they can expect to find there. He tells them that Zonthal's tower is protected by a maze, a magical maze, that once you go in, you better be prepared, because it will send you through the ringer. With illusory magic cast upon it, it will mess with the time and space you spend in. Setting off, the team hitches a ride with a fleet of airships heading out in Faerun to try to find survivors from the cult attacks in the region. On the way, the fleet is attacked by a red, a black, and a blue dragon, who try to take down the ships as they near Zonthal's Tower and the Well of the Dragons, directly in cult territory. One of the ships is destroyed, but having full artillery aboard, they find the tools and skills necessary to fend off the group of attacking dragons, making it to Zonthal's Tower. Arriving at Zonthal's Tower, which the team finds out is both the name of the tower and the city itself, they find a lovely halfling female named Tilly Thunderfoot, who explains that the city and the tower is a safe haven for the people who live there from raiding orc tribes. Its magic cast upon it by Zonthal is known across the region to be a point to be wary of. 
Tilly leads them to the opening of the maze and wishes them the best as they enter into the area. Few have ever made it all the way through, she tells them. Standing at the entrance, the adventurers catch the attention of Iskander, who yells down to them from a balcony of the tower, saying that they have been seen by the cult members in the tower and that he would hide in the dungeon beneath the tower, the safest place for him as he would soon be found out and he would leave a key, being an hourglass, to follow him. Flint, Thea, Nulara, Thaddeus, and Flamikins run into the maze to try to get to Iskander as quickly as possible. Once inside the maze, the group enters a sundial room with various shadows seemingly directing the path, but soon finds out that the illusory magic on the maze is not to be taken lightly. There are many details in the next six episodes, but for the purpose of this recap, I'll speed round the rooms they had to walk through. First, the adventurers chose a path that brings them back to the sundial room and changes the shadows. Choosing another path, they are led to a room with a large pool and a garnet gemstone that when they try to grab, they find a group of chules who were lurking in the murky pool and must battle before moving on. Defeating the chules returns them to the sundial room and picks another succession of paths that either lead them back to the sundial room or to a contest with a pair of cyclops granting them a topaz gemstone a deadly garden filled with man-eating flowers where guacamole is lost to the illusory magic within the maze, sending Thea into a druid rage as they need to pick a pearl to allow their passage. They run into a need to escape a poison-flooded trap room set by a deo where they find a hidden jade gemstone. The group gets sassy and heads into a battle with a room filled with animated armor creatures gaining a bloodstone from defeating the constructs. The next passage they find is by jumping through the sundial itself, finding another sundial room, or the same sundial room, who knows for sure, where the shadows point at each exit. Picking one at random, the adventurers go fist to hoof with a series of Gorgon creatures with petrifying breath, where they need to grab a diamond from beneath the beast to open an exit to this new maze room that they were trapped in. Needing a rest upon their return to the sundial room, Flamikins ends up falling through the brush leading the way for everyone else to follow through and finally make it to Xanthal's tower. The whole group find their way into the tower via a teleportation circle. Upon their arrival inside, they find a dead cultist murdered at the hands of a dragon-toothed dagger. They survey the room and find that the teleportation circle is the only way to move from room to room, being that there are no stairs or other doorways. Using a control pad, they make their way to an apparent lounge for the cult members residing in Xanthal's tower, and six cult fanatics seemingly waiting for their arrival. The adventurers battle their way through the cultists and make their way to an observatory through the teleportation circle. While getting a feeling that this room is in fact Iskander's workshop, the team is attacked from above by an ice storm spell and four cult members, one of them appearing to be high up in the ranks of the Cult of the Dragon, who tells the group that he is most excited that he gets to be the one to bring the thorns in the cultist's side back to the feet of Severin. The team, though hard-fought, prevails in the encounter and finds the hourglass on the high-ranking cult member's belt that Iskander had left them. In this moment, Nulara and Thaddeus begin to argue and fight over a found dagger on the same cult member's belt. Nulara convinces Thaddeus to hand it over to her and quickly stabs him in the heart with it. Thank you for listening. There are obviously many more moments, super fun ones and super serious ones in each episode's uh, recap today. But story-wise, you are now caught up in the action and can comfortably continue on to episode 56 due out Wednesday, October 3rd. You can find all the episodes, which we hope you go back to and listen and enjoy, at dumbdragons.com. 
Make sure you hit that subscribe button to stay on top of all of the Dungeons & Dragons podcasts on whichever podcatcher you use. And if you can leave a rating and review, we would certainly love you for that. We hope to see you along the adventuring trail. Until next time, happy adventuring. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. I got this really strange email last night. I need to see what's going on with this mystery file. Hey, it's a map of a town called Ocean Bay. Someone sent these images to you for a reason. I'm so lost right now. When was the last time you chose a direction and followed it? I'm going to Ocean Bay. We don't get many tourists this time of year. Ocean Bay is a friendly town, but we're not that friendly. I never sent you an email. I don't even know you. And why exactly are you here? The map is the reason we're here. Maps help when you're lost. Do you know what a trap street is? Trap streets aren't real. They don't exist. Don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them. I think he's dead. How could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period of time? What the hell is going on here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street. So maps can have secrets. Yes, maps can have secrets. <laughs>